In today's show, we're recapping Tuesday's 10 games in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look at 10 games from Tuesday. A lot of interesting things happened. A lot of interesting rotation decisions, a lot of injuries as per usual, a lot of things that we've got to talk about. And we're going to get straight into them now. Horny. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. An update from Shams on LeBron and his foot injury. They're expecting two to three weeks. I think yesterday when we were talking about it, we were probably looking at three weeks for LeBron. We'll talk about the Lakers and the way they replaced him in their game re- recap later on in today's show. Um, some signings and wavings. The Bulls waved Goran Dragic. Cool, he wasn't in the rotation. This changes nothing. The Raptors waved Juancho Hernan Gomez. Cool, he wasn't in the rotation. That doesn't mean anything. The Raptors signed Farton Will Barton. Now, I don't think he's going to be in the rotation, but he could be. But the reason he wasn't playing in Washington was because he was bad. And is he going to be better than Malachi Flynn or Jeff Doughton or Delano Banton? Possibly, probably. That's a chance. But he's not going to be in a situation, I don't think, Barton in Toronto, where he's going to get enough minutes to matter for really any fantasy league. Of course, we also got the confirmation, which we knew yesterday, that LaMelo Ball had a ankle fracture and he will be out for the rest of the season. D'Angelo Russell's going to miss tomorrow's game. He missed today's game as well. So we get a very similar Lakers lineup, I would guess, tomorrow that we got today. And then some pretty bad news, I think, out of New Orleans. Zion is having an MRI in the next couple of days, which is great just to see where the hamstring's healing. It doesn't mean that it's going to be good or bad news. They might say, ugh, we're still another four weeks away, or yeah, he might be back in a week. So we get some news, hopefully, in a couple of days from Zion. But Larry Nance is out at least two weeks, and Jose Alvarado's out at least three weeks. Obviously, we can uh, we can jack Larry Nance. Get that garbage out of here! And like a stress fracture type situation with Alvarado and his leg, I reckon that probably cooks him for the regular season. He is out at least three, so it's going to be longer than that. In his spot, you would expect it's either going to be two guys, Dyson Daniels or Kyra Lewis. And it's not going to impact 12-team leagues. I think that's fair to say. Nance being out, well, last game I thought it would be Billy Hernan Gomez, but it was Jackson Hayes. And I think we'll get lots of back and forward between those two guys. Maybe this helps Valanciunas get a little bit more usage, but his minutes have been up, JV, and nothing's actually happened. And now he's also questionable for tomorrow, along with Josh Richardson. If he is out, if Valanciunas is out tomorrow, then we are absolutely streaming in Billy Hernan Gomez. It's quite risky because if Valanciunas plays, Hernan Gomez might play zero minutes. But if Valanciunas would be out, it would be Hayes and Hernan Gomez. And Hernan Gomez is by far the better fantasy player there. So even in 19 minutes, I think he'd outstrip Hayes' 27 minutes. If that's the direction they went. But that's one to watch. And then Joshy Richardson's questionable, which he, if he is out, that means that we get um, more Trey Murphy, probably more Dyson Daniels and more Herb Jones in that situation as well. But 
some really bad Pelicans news updates, injury updates. Maybe the Zion one ends up being good, but man, four of these ones that we didn't know anything about Alvarado or Valanciunas or Richardson, and that sort of just came out of nowhere and uh, kicked us in the balls. All right, let's look at the waiver wire, the most added players over the last 24 hours. Number one is one of the Dennis's, Dennis Smith Jr., up 63%. Yes, he should have been rostered everywhere. Very, very easy. Dennis Schroeder up 26%. Yes, he probably should be added everywhere as well, especially with D'Angelo Russell out again tomorrow. After that, it's hard to say what they're going to do. Wouldn't say Troy Brown was particularly successful in the starting lineup replacing LeBron, but do they go back to Russell and Schroeder? They could, and I think we hold on to Schroeder for that. Isaiah Joe up 21%. He didn't really do much today, but today was a weird game for the Thunder. Shea is in COVID protocols now, so we expect another game out tomorrow, so Joe is worth streaming for sure. Um... James Wiseman Sr., Marvin Bagley III, he's up 20%. They've got no Stewart or Duran tomorrow. I don't know who I prefer, Bagley or Wiseman. Like, which 20 and 10 guy with no other stats do I like more? I think they're both pretty similar, but I get adding Bagley for tomorrow. It is worth streaming. Chris Dunn up 19%. Well, with Colin Sexton out another week, it's worth taking a flyer on him. Cam Thomas up 12%. Uh, that didn't particularly work well today, did it? And we saw the significant limitations in Cam Thomas in his game today. Vanderbilt up 11%. That means he's basically rostered everywhere. Now, if he is still available, you do want to grab him. But we also saw something we talked about with Vanderbilt in the LeBron injury section yesterday is that with LeBron coming in, that doesn't turn Vanderbilt into a big usage guy. He was basically the same player. Like, not really anything changed with his game at all. He was less efficient somehow. And then the other one, which worked out massively well, Tari regular season, Tari garbage time season, Tari tank season. I think it's on. I don't know for sure. But if you want to take one thing out of this, we'll grab Tari and we'll just see what happens because he played big minutes alongside Jabari and alongside Shangun. Yes, there was no Kevin Porter who's coming back tomorrow. There was no Jay Sean Tate. That's true. But the fact that they played him next to Smith and Shangun is a massive tick. And we said this coming out of the All-Star break that old mate Steven Silas, I know he says a lot of questionable things, but he said something like, after the break, we're going to be trialing a lot of different sort of combinations and different theories of things. Mate, you could have done this months ago. So, and I said, well, that might mean a little bit of Eason at the three. And it has. In these last two games, big minutes for Eason. Very, very interesting stuff. The most dropped player, number one, is Lamelo Ball. He's going to be at the top of that list for a while, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, drop him everywhere, apart from Dynasty Leagues, of course. Gabe Vincent down 13%. Well, Kyle Lowry is out again tomorrow. I'm not sure I would have been so quick on Gabe, given the good schedule. They play Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, three games, four nights, and two quality games coming up. Hartenstein down 12, easy drop. Shaden Sharp down 12%. Yeah, look, they, we'll see what happens in today's game, but they weren't featuring him. Cole Anthony down 11. No point having him in 12s. Uh, Isaiah Stewart. Down 10%. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Yeah, like, there's, he's injured. He's not a 12-team league guy, even if he's not injured. So, yeah, easy drop. Monte Morris down 10. These are such low upside players that when they're out, you just don't hold them. And then Trey Murphy down 9%. Pretty much agree with every one of those outside of maybe Gabe Vincent I would have held on to in 12-team leagues. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel. We are past the midway point of the NBA season. And it's no better time than now to sign up with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And then you can bet on anything from the money line and spreads and point scorers and even three-pointers drained. 
Let's have a look to see if we've got FanDuel um, lines up for tomorrow's NBA games for Wednesday's action. I reckon we might do. Yeah, we do. The Suns are 10-point favorites in the return of Kevin Durant against the Charlotte Hornets on the road. You'd expect them to get that win, but will they click enough to beat the Hornets without LaMelo Ball by 10? Will they win by more than 10? Probably. So go and check that out over on FanDuel. FanDuel also lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanjul.com slash locked on. That's fanjul.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanjul, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go into the first of these 10 games. The first one is the Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors win this one in a... Weird game, 104-98. The Raptors just dominated the offensive rebounds. I think they had like 18 offensive rebounds. I'm just going to double-check that because I know that sounds stupid, but I'm pretty sure it was accurate. 19, actually. There you go. I was underselling them. Only 31 minutes for the big man in the middle for the Bulls, which he'd been playing a lot more lately, Nick. It's Bulls. Bulls is it. Bulls a bitch. He had good usage, 32%. He shot well, 31 minutes. Hmm. 23-5-4 for him. Levine, 17-2-3, subpar, I would say. And DeRozan is still in the middle of a slump. Yes, Obi, it's a big slump for DeMar DeRozan. 13 points in 35 minutes. Obi's back under control now. I don't know what his problem was there. DeRozan, 13 points. His free throws are way off. We talked about this on the Buy Low, Sell High show earlier today. 60% from the line, 3 of 5. What's going on? Low efficiency, 46%. No rebounds. They're well down. He just... Is it his thigh? I have to think that it probably is. 13-0-2. There's got to be some bounce back here, but what if he's actually really hurt and he has to miss time? I'm a little worried about that. Pat Williams had a trip to the locker room. He's still bad. Eight points, two threes, two steals and a block. We do like two steals and a block, but I'm not, I don't care. I'm not rostering him in 20 minutes coming off the bench. Caruso, 26 minutes for the old rabbit hunter. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. And while it's not a great line, it's what you needed. Six assists, a steal, and a block. And don't tell me you have Roster Caruso for anything else, because you don't. So he gave you what you needed. It's a good man from DeSumo, who usually is a terrible permanent producer. He only played 20 minutes. That's your red flag. But he had 10 and 6 with a steal and a block. Don't react to that. Don't add him. Kobe White got his 23 minutes, just couldn't hit any shots. And Pat Beverly had 8, 7, and 4, which is good enough for like 16-team leagues there, Patty. Um, but played 29 minutes. For the Raptors, they did, in fact, bench Gary Trent, but he was great. 19 points in 28 minutes with five threes and two steals. That is just what Trent does. Points, threes, and steals, and you got it. Now, he's not going to be this good every night, but he's still worth a hold. Interestingly, they just went with their small lineup in the fourth quarter. Pirtle, who I thought played pretty well, 26 minutes. We don't care a huge amount because he had 14 and three with three steals and two blocks, but the lack of upside over the last three to four games is a little bit concerning, especially when I'm getting 17 completely useless Thad Young minutes. I don't need to see any of those. Scotty Barnes was also really bad until he had four blocks in the fourth quarter. He had 11 points, eight rebounds, four assists, one steal, four blocks, and shot a mirroring 33% from the field and from the line, but he was really strong in that fourth. And we also featured this guy on the buy low, sell high show earlier today. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. And he bumped straight up. 17 points for the Jedi OG Ananobi. Eight rebounds, two threes, 46% shooting. There you go. It was going to uh, improve. 
Siakam struggled, but he had 20 and 8 with three assists. While Boucher, clear drop. Achua, clear drop in 12 and 14 team leagues. And Van Vliet returned to shoot 9%. At least he had nine assists and he had six rebounds and a steal. But three points on 9% is atrocious. He will quite clearly be better than that as we move forward. I don't think I needed to say that, but I did say it anyway. The Wizards. They beat the Hawks. There was no Porzingis. There was no Monte Morris. So we saw Dillon Wright starting 9-3-4. and four. The two games he started, no steals, which is frustrating. But the minutes are good. 31 minutes. He probably is a 12-teamer, as is Dan Gafford, who had 13-12 and 12 with three blocks. Really big numbers here. We add him. Porzingis is out. We hold him when Porzingis comes back, and we see how they use him. I'm not convinced we have to do that for Abdiya, though. He played 31 minutes. He had four points, 22%. He had 13 rebounds. He's still outside the top 160 for the season. He's out to the top 140 over the last week. He just really needs probably two guys out. And he probably needs Beal out, to be honest, to really ramp it up. And he can't do that. Kyle Kuzma continues to struggle with his shot, 39%, but he had 28 points with a steal and a block. Not much else there, and that's what hurts. right? Big bulk scoring, not a lot else. And there's not much really else to talk about with that team, I don't think. Oh, Beal, he was great, 37-3-7. and seven. 37-3-7, yeah, that's right. Um, for the Hawks, first game under Quinn Snyder, and we saw some interesting things. So don't look at this and go, oh, Clint Capella played 35 minutes, 13-5, two steals and three blocks. Now, you can look at that and go, oh, and I did. But you also have to factor in that Okongwu played 13 minutes because he had five fouls. So we saw Capella, not Capella, we saw Snyder lean heavily into Rudy Gobert. Could he lean heavily into Clint Capella? Absolutely. It is distinctly possible. Capella is definitely more in the Gobert frame of player versus Okongwu. But I can't tell you that's what's going to happen because Okongwu had 5,013 minutes. But I want to watch it. But one thing we did talk about with the Hawks, and someone said, is this going to mean that Collins is unleashed? I said, hey, just watch. Remember who Quinn Snyder used at power forward for the Jazz? Boyan Bogdanovich, an undersized power forward who shoots. So don't be surprised if Collins loses out. He played 26 minutes and Sadiq Bey was in the closing lineup over him. 27 minutes for Bay, 12 and 6 with four threes. I'm not saying we add Bay because we don't. We do it in 14 teams. We don't add him in 12s. But the, all the thoughts were new coach unleashed John Collins. And again, it could have gone either way. And so far, it's gone the bad way. Johnny had 10 and 4 in 26 minutes. If he plays 26 the next three games, two games, see you later. And if you dropped him now, don't care. It, it doesn't matter if you drop him now. Like, I don't think he's that good or the big turnaround is coming with the way that we saw things here. It is one game, but it's not great. DeJounte Murray was quite poor. No defensive stats, only 15 points, 39% shooting and no free throws. He continues to be a little bit underwhelming, I would say. Well, DeAndre Hunter, just DeAndre Hunter, 14 points, no assists, no steals, three rebounds. Not really a must-roster 12-team league guy, I don't think. Not, not in my mind, anyway. Trey Young was good, 31, 2, and 7. And it was very interesting because you look at the line and you go, Bogdanovich, man, that's great. 16, 2, and 2, 4, 3s, we love it. But he played under 20 minutes. That's the red flag to me. If he's a 20-minute-a-night player, there is no way he's a 12-team league guy. This game and the one before makes you say, huh, we hold, the production was really good. 20 minutes, no way. No way is that going to sustain long-term. Not to me, anyway. I don't think there's any chance of that sticking at that level. Let's go to the next one. It is the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Nets 118-104. Chris Middleton, still limited minutes, which pisses us off. And we don't know whether he's going to play tomorrow or if Giannis is going to play tomorrow or if Portis is going to play tomorrow or if Ingles is going to play tomorrow or if Crowder is going to play tomorrow, for instance. I think all of those guys could be out, which could just open up a ton of streaming. 
Middleton, though, look, this is the thing. 18-4 and 6, two steals and three threes is amazing. He's been actually really good, but the minutes have been low. He's not that far off his usual per-game numbers without playing big minutes. But why are they taking it so slow on him? I guess they don't have to. They're winning like every single game. So why do they need to push him any further? Frustrating for us. Yanni only 28 minutes, 33, 15, and 4. He was a terrible 2 of 6 from the line, but 56 from the field. The lack of defense is still a problem, but the points, rebounds, really strong. Lopez had 13 and 10, and I'm officially worried about Bobby Portis. Now, a couple of things here. Do they keep him to 16 minutes here because it was a back-to-back? Or just is the addition of Jay Crowder, the return of big minutes, bigger minutes for Pat Connaughton and Giannis, mean that Portis just isn't as needed? He had 6 and 6 in 16 minutes. And 6 and 6 of Bobby Portis, 16 minutes, I don't care at all in 12-team leagues. He needs 25, 24 to be a 12-team staple. He's not getting it. I'm not sure he's going to get it. I am officially on concern watch for Bob Portis. Crowder played just 16 minutes. He'd been playing bigger minutes. I think maybe him and Portis were limited here because of the back-to-back, and we'll see more of them tomorrow, but we'll find out. Connaughton started, had 5-4 and four in 22 minutes. Watch for someone like a Javon Carter tomorrow because if a bunch of guys are out, Carter can always pop off and have those you know, 24 points, 9 of 9 shooting, 6 steals, 8 assists game, and then have 1 point the next game. So he's always a pop-off chance, and opportunity might be abundant on this team. Drew had 14-3 and 9. For the Nets, um, yeah, look, what, what do we do here? Let's Spencer Dinwiddie, he's been shit house, but he was really good here. 26, 6, and 8. And Mikhail Bridges, 31, 2, and 5 with two steals were standouts. Nick Claxton got it done as well. 9, 7, and 4, three steals, three blocks. Still only 31 minutes, but we love the numbers. Cam Johnson, 19 points, four steals. Love it. The starters actually played well. Their bench was a disaster. It was just bad. Royce O'Neal, remember when he had that stretch at the start of the season where he was just unstoppable? And I just said, like, I have seen Royce O'Neal for so many times and I cannot... My eyes cannot tell me that this is real moving forward. Well, it obviously wasn't real moving forward. He had four points in 28 minutes, and he's nowhere near a 12-team league player. And Cam Thomas stunk. Two points, 0 of 7 shooting. He did have five rebounds, but he only got to the line twice. This is why, again, we detailed it in the buy-low, sell-high, that after that little run that you know he's like the 170th-ranked player since then, and another shit game tonight. He's got scoring ability? Absolutely. But he's inconsistent. He doesn't do enough team stuff. His minutes are inconsistent. His shooting is inconsistent. And it's very hard to just have that guy as a must-roster player. Finney Smith, don't need to have him either. 5-2-2 two, two in 29 minutes. And Seth Curry and Joe Harris just look completely washed. I don't know if they're going to be kicked out of the rotation. I don't know what's going to happen. But they were dreadful. And they both they both put up what, 7 trillion for Joe Harris and a 5 trillion for Seth. They were both atrociously bad. And yet, they are still rostered in some 12-team leagues. Why? By... Can't really explain that, but they are. They are. The next game is the Grizzlies. They beat the Lakers 121-109. No LeBron James, no D'Angelo Russell. So they started Dennis Schroeder and Troy Brown. Schroeder had 10 points on 11 shots. He's going to be a real pain in the ass for your field goal percentage for sure. But he dished 10 assists and the usage should be okay. He's worth having for now. Troy Brown isn't. Two points on 13% shooting with nothing else. 26 minutes. This is going to be a bunch of him and Hachimura, and Lonnie Walker, and Austin Reeves. Now, the two guys who did perform well today were Reeves, 27 minutes, and Walker, 23 minutes. Austin Reeves had 17, 2, and 7, a steal and a block. I like that. Is he a 12-team league ad? I think he's more of a 12-team league streamer versus a must-roster player. While Lonnie Walker had 21 points on 15 shots, he had a usage of 33, which doesn't feel all that sustainable. But he's going to get some more minutes here. I wouldn't rush to add either of those guys. If I did, I'd prioritize Reeves. But it was good to see both of those guys stepping it up. Hachimura 
didn't. Nine and five in 20 minutes. And as we said yesterday, we're definitely not adding him in 12-team leagues. Even a 27-minute a night, 29-minute a night, Rui Hachimura, he's not a 12-team category league player. I thought he could have done a little bit more for points leagues, but this was obviously pretty disappointing. And as we said with Vanderbilt, 29 minutes, four points, 13 usage. He had a re- eight rebounds. He had a steal. He had a block. Unfortunately, he shot just 17%. But he is what he is. Rebounds guy, steals guy, usually high field goal percentage guy. And LeBron being out doesn't necessarily change his upside, I don't think. Not that much. It helps his floor, but not really his upside. They also replaced Mo Bumba in the reserve unit with Wenyan Gabriel. Six and eight for Gabriel with a block. That's relevant for deeper leagues. And it's also relevant for those of you who still believe that Mo Bumba is a good player because he is not. Let's talk about Memphis. There was no Steve Adams, of course. So they went back to the cashier, Xavier T. Illman. 33 minutes, 18 and 11, two steals and a block. That's a fantastic game. Also, 17 field goal attempts, second most on the team. How did that happen? I don't know what to make of this team every game. They play the Rockets tomorrow. Is Tillman the guy? Is Clark the guy? I don't really feel confident about either player. And I know Adams is going to be returning soon. You can always take streams on these guys, but I don't think it's that likely to work out given how much it goes back and forward. John Morant, 39, 10 and 10. Big percentages, great game. While Jaron Jackson had 16 and 7 with four blocks, and Desi Bain had 16 and 5 with four steals. Really good games. You want to talk the opposite of good games? Dylan Brooks, just what, what is wrong with this guy? Honestly, like seriously, seven points, two threes, 18% shooting. Stop shooting. To his credit, he did stop shooting a little bit. I think it was one of eight in the first quarter, and then just packed it up. But he just continues to be bad, continues to not be rosterable in 12 team leagues. He's close in 12-team points, but he's not even a 16-team category league guy, really. He just is so frustrating to watch. And Brandon Clark had 6-5 and five in 15 minutes. Really hard to feel excited about that. Like He's not he's not going to be a long-term 12-team league guy, and he just isn't a, a stream sort of player that we don't know if he's going to produce every night, which is, quite frankly, pretty frustrating given what he, we know that he is able to do when he's given opportunities. The Nuggets smacked the Rockets 133-112. There's not a lot to talk about on Denver. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 32-4-6. Jokic had 14-11-10, but played only 28 minutes. Maga Porter dropped 17 in 23. KCP strong run continued. He had six assists with two steals. Aaron Gordon's getting close to a drop, especially if you're in the playoffs. They've only got one more game this week. So holding him, not sure it's worth it. 11-7-5, it's not terrible. But only one more game, and if you're in playoffs, I don't think I would do it. Same with Bruce Brown, who was okay again. 15 points, three threes, two blocks. But it's such a weird game, given the nature of how quick this was a blowout. Yeah, it was just it was over really, really early on, to be honest. Tom Bryant continues to look lost, I think. Eight and eight in 20 minutes. We're obviously not rostering him unless Jokic is out, and then we could stream Bryant in. But for the Rocket side, it gets a little bit more interesting, but it's also a lot more confusing. There was no Porter or no Tate in this game, but Jalen Green did return and then played only 19 minutes. He had 17, 2, and 5, which is great for a full game, but he did it in 19 minutes. And then what happens tomorrow? Does Green play, given it's a back-to-back? Porter likely returns. Does Tate play? And what does that mean for Tari tank season? 31 minutes, 17, and 12. Big game. We've been calling for big minutes for Eason, and he hasn't gotten them. And he has now in two straight games. But if Green, Porter, and Tate all play tomorrow, where do they fit Eason in? Will they prioritize Eason over Tate? I don't know. You can't really leave him on the wire. You've got to go and grab Tari Eason, and we'll figure it out tomorrow. But to say that I've got way more faith now than what I did before the deadline when I was saying, look, it just doesn't matter. They're not playing him at small forward. They're not doing it. They haven't done it. Nothing's happening. I have more faith now, but that is two big names, plus there's an extra 15 minutes or so of Jalen Green playing time to come. 
who is the guy that loses out? Well, there's a lot of them that are going to lose out. Josh Christopher, uh, Dacian Nix, Tito Washington. But I think Eason might cop a little haircut. Jabari Smith, the bloke just can't shoot. Eight points, 40%. He did have two blocks, and he's getting a lot of blocks. That's helping him. And you've got to be punting field goals, really, to have him. Well, KJ Martin had 15 and three with two steals and remains a 12-teamer. We've got 28 Tito Washington minutes and 26 Dacian Knicks minutes, but they're going to get evaporated here with Porter likely to return tomorrow. Also, it was a stinker from Alperen Sengun, seven points on 33%. Eight assists are good. Two blocks are good. 29 minutes is better, but it was really it wasn't a great game for him at all, and I'm not, not going to sugarcoat that. No need to. Let's talk about the next one. The Kings beat the Thunder 123-117. The Pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 29 points in 37 minutes for Barnsley. Nine rebounds, four assists, 62%. Nine of 10 from the line. We know he has these little runs. He's still only 130th for the season. He has these runs where he shoots like 50% from three for two weeks, and he's a top 40 guy. Then he's the 200th best player for another six months, and then it changes. All right, hot streak, great, fine. Use him, no worries. Weird game, though, because there was no Darren Fox. So I thought without Darren Fox, we'd really get a heavy dose of Malik Monk. Well, he had seven points in 15 minutes. So I don't really know what to make of that. Monk was playing really well. Is he worth holding one more game? Probably. But his leash is really short here. Keegan Murray, 13 and 10. A lot of minutes. Only 13 points is a bit worrying. Like really low usage, 11 usage. But his rebounds are up at the moment, and that is helping float his value. Well, Fanderpants finally had a good game as well. 20 and 4 for Kevin Herter with 9 assists. While Sabonis had 22, 13 and 9. Davion Mitchell supplanted, not supplanted, replaced De'Aaron Fox with his injury. 15 points, 4 assists, steal a block, 3 threes. I think he had those 3 threes very early on in the game. That's not a bad line. But it's definitely not one where I go, well, I've got to add him just in case Fox misses again. Because it's okay. Like, it's totally fine. But if Fox plays, he plays 11 minutes. Mitchell does. And he's useless. So I don't know if I'd burn an ad hoping that Fox misses to get, like, a line which is okay without being great. For the Thunder, no Gildas Alexander, as we said. And you look at that and go, well, why did Josh Giddy play 19 minutes? Honestly, he was really bad. Minus 32 in that time. That's why. 8, 6, and 5. Lou Dort, similarly bad. 11, 3, and 2, and he was a minus 28. They, those guys just sucked. And that's why Dagnot, um, that's why Dagnot pulled them off. Giggity. As for the under, other Thunder players, the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. He continues a massive hot streak. 27, 5, and 8, two steals. Elite shooting, 56 from the field, 8 of 9 from the line. He's dominating at the moment. I still think there's a sell high here, but also it's equally viable to just ride this great performance out. We saw when Dario Saric came across, I was a little bit interested to see how, how they would use him. And today we finally got a good look at it. 21 and 8, 27 minutes, two threes. I'm not looking at him as an ad yet, but Robinson Earl, Pig Williams, Aaron Wiggins, Kenrich Williams... It's not a murderer's row of guys he's got to go through. I'd, I'd add him in some deeper formats and watch him for 12s. The Oklahoma City Mudflap, Kenrich Williams, had 11 and 4 with 5 steals. That's useful. I think Pig Williams' little run is done. 6 and 3 and 17 for him. And we got 29 minutes of Aaron Wiggins. Just a lot of nonsense happening, really. It's, it's looking pretty ugly at the moment for the Thunder. We hope Shea is able to come back next game. Um, but these rotations are a mess at the moment. And, and when you're not even getting consistency out of Gideon and even Dort, like it's, the guy carrying at the moment is Jalen Williams, which is great for him, but you know it's not great for the consistency overall of the rest of those players on the roster. Next game, 
the Indiana Pacers and the Dallas Mavericks. The Pacers win it, 125-122. Turner, again, was great. 24-8 with four blocks and Halliburton, 32-7-6. Big numbers from those guys. But we also saw Sticks, Jalen Smith. He has now played the backup center role two games in a row. 11-9 with a block. And that, that's actually really good. Is he a 12-team ab? No. But the fact that he's now ahead of Tice and Isaiah Jackson is interesting, but it's notable. I think we look at that as maybe a 16-teamer, maybe a 14-team grab. But he's in the mix now. Jordan Nawara, 29 minutes, 16 points. Talked about him a little bit. Said nice deeper league ad. That's more than a deep league ad. I don't know why they're playing him as much as they are, but they are. And in a 14-teamer, I would consider at least a stream value there. Bud Heald had 10 points. Aaron Neesmith, 14 points is great, but 19 minutes is shit. And we can't rely upon him for any sort of 12-teamer. While Matherin, yeah, this is why we've avoided having him as a must-roster guy. Six points, 14%, no threes, no steals, no blocks. He's been good at times, but he's still not a top 180 player this season. And these inconsistencies is why, well, Nempard, obviously we're not rostering him three points in 32 minutes, despite playing those 32 minutes. The five assists are nice. He can be a useful guy for that for deeper formats, but there's just no usage. The shooting, which was, wasn't that good in college, and then he came into the NBA and shot like 42% for like three weeks from three. And went, ah, oh, what? Yep. And now it's dropped back down. I think he's shooting 29% or 30% from three over the last month or so. And that's really dropped his production down. For the Mavericks, they're uh, in a bit of trouble here. Luka Doncic, 39, 9, and 6. Big numbers. Kyrie Irving, not so big. 16 points on 39% with nine assists, a steal, and a block. And they changed their starting lineup up at halftime. And Muxy Cleaver, in his first game back, started the second half. He had um, nine points in 24 minutes. He had a block. He's not going to be a 12-team must-roster player, but he's just going to be in the mix there. And we saw Christian Wood play only 18 minutes. He did have a trip to the locker room and never returned, but the fact that Kleber is back probably limits his upside even more. 12-6 and six for Wood is still okay to hold, but it's not looking great. As for Josh Green, 22 minutes. We're obviously dropping him, 8-5 and five there. While Bullock was okay, as was Hardaway. 14 points for Bullock with four threes, 16 points with four threes for Hardaway. But they're not 12-team guys. They're guys that you stream in when you're desperate for threes. Justin Holiday started, which, again, couldn't even get a single minute for Atlanta. And Jason Kidd went, all right, you're going to be our starter. And then he went scoreless in 15 minutes and really didn't see the court at all, didn't play the second half, or didn't start the second half. And Dwight Powell played 12 minutes and didn't see the court in the second half either. So there's a lot of questions to make. It's a shit roster with a shit coach, and I don't know what they're going to do here. So just be aware there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching between Hardaway, Bullock, Green, Powell, Wood, Kleber, Holiday. And it's probably going to render none of them 12-team league players. Maybe Wood can stick there, but now he's got a further challenger for minutes with Kleber. And Kleber's a much better defender. So that's going to put somewhat of a kibosh, I guess, on the Crucifix's rest of season value. Let's do the next game. The Spurs finally get a win. I think they lost 16 in a row prior to this. 102 San Antonio, 94 Utah. But it wasn't without some chaos because there was no Trey Jones, obviously. Again, no Romeo Langford. And then Malachi Branham left this game as well. Now, Branham wasn't playing particularly well before he got hurt. Four points, three rebounds, a steal, 21 minutes. It was back soreness. I don't think it's a too bad of an injury. But he was showing the limitations of him from a category fantasy basketball perspective. And then when Langford, if Langford and Jones and Vassell all return, he was going to get squeezed. So if you want to drop him, I get it. But it enabled Blake Wesley to step into a bigger role. Well, not a bigger role, but at least perform well. 21 minutes, 9.6 rebounds, 3 steals, 2 triples. If Branham, Langford, Jones, Vassell are all out again next game, then Wesley's going to be a streamable guy. 
And Goldfinger Charlie Bassey already is that. 21 minutes, 7 and 10, a steal, 3 blocks. He puts up gigantic fantasy numbers. He is a must-roster 14-team league guy, Charles Bassey. And he's not far from being a 12-teamer, honestly, even as a backup. Calden Johnson scored well, was 1 of 3 from the line, but 25, 4 and 3 with no defensive stats. And it was a shit one from Zach Collins. 13% shooting, 2 of 15 is terrible. But 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. It's some, I guess, soothing at the back end there. Don't drop him. Jeremy Sohan, 13, 6, and 6. That's pretty strong, but he struggles with both percentages at times. 40% from the field, 63 from the line. No defensive stats, and that's what's keeping him from being an absolute must roster. Is he a fine 12-team league guy? Yeah. He's probably more points than category, but he's going to be up and down. There's going to be inconsistencies with so many of these guys. We've got 12 points from Devontae Graham, but if this bloke ever hits 40%, it's a miracle. 38% here, 12 points, 3 assists. He's only a deeper league guy and a streamer, while Bates Diop had 6 points in his 34 minutes. But hey, they got the win. Things are about to change a lot, though, when these other players return. For the Jazz, there was no Colin Sexton, there was no Jordan Clarkson, and then Oshai Baji, who was replacing uh, Clarkson, got injured as well. He had 9 points in 19 minutes. Jazz guys are raving about how well he's playing. It doesn't really translate that well to fantasy. Look, a steal on a block is really good. Three threes is really good. But I don't think that we're adding him outside of like 16-teamers. And now he's hurt as well. The guy to add is Taylor Horton Tucker. 16-3-3, a steal on three blocks. And the other guy to consider is Chris Dunn. 11 points, three assists, two steals. Dunn is more in the steals, assists stream category. Like the Alex Caruso, he can score a bit better than Caruso. The problem being is he's on a 10-day contract. And I don't know that he's going to get signed. I think he will, at least for another 10-day. And then we'll see from there. Kessler had 10 and 15 with two blocks. Markkinen, 28 and 9. But it wasn't enough to get this team over the line. Bad night from Olenek. Missed all four of his shots. Also was, what, 8 of 12 from the line, which hurts. But he did have 10 rebounds and a steal. Not a great night. We still hold there. While Fontecchio was dreadful. Missed all seven of his shots. Old mate Johnny Jujang played his first NBA minutes, three points in 15 minutes there. While Udoka Azubuike, for some reason, tanking, has taken back the backup spot over from Damian Jones. So deeper leagues adjust your whatever it is that you do with backup centers in that position. But a bad loss for the Jazz, but a little bit coming out of that with good performances from Horton Tucker and Chris Dunn and then that Agbaji injury. If Agbaji is out, is Frank Jackson going to get a run of things? Or that just helps Dunn and Horton Tucker even more, makes them more solid as 12-team league players. All right, the Blazers go down to the Warriors. Pretty convincing final score, 123-105. For the Blazers, Lillard, only 25 after 71 last time out, but he had seven assists. He had three steals. Matisse Thibel, big offensive game. Now, he only played 25 minutes, which is somewhat concerning, but 15 points, five threes, one steal, two blocks. The threes and the points are a bonus. You don't expect them. If you get them, it's great. We got the defensive stats, and that's what we wanted. And then we got some confusion with the other spot because last game, Shaden Sharp played 13 minutes. In this one, he played 31. He had 13 points. He had a triple one. It's not bad. But now that just adds a whole extra level of confusion or uncertainty regarding the playing time. I wouldn't rush to add Sharp. He hasn't been a good fantasy player this season. He's played 20 minutes or so a night, and he's not even a top 300 player. This is better. It's one to watch, but it's not a must roster. Reddish started and had 10-2-1 with two threes. It's why Reddish has struggled in Atlanta and struggled in New York because consistency. He's never been that guy. I thought he had a chance to be a 31, 32-minute-a-night player here given that what they did with Sharp last game, but they reversed course. They still started Reddish, but minutes were down. He's just a specialist for points, sorry, for threes and steals, and he didn't even get a steal here. 
not must roster. Nasir Little, who'd played some good minutes, had seven points in 15. They just do not believe in him really at all. And his minutes were down. While um, Jeremy Grant had 24, 5, and 3. Eubanks was not great, 5 and 8. He remains okay, but also totally okay not to have him on a 12-team roster. For the Warriors, still no Steph, still no Wiggins, of course. But Draymond returned. He had 12, 9, and 8. Two steals and two blocks. That's just a fantastic performance. With his return, Looney's minutes pushed down a bit, 23 there, but still 14 and 7. Remains an interesting 12-team league guy. And they moved Kaminga to the bench, but he was actually okay. 16 points on 80% is good, but obviously not replicable. And then there's not much else there. So we're not rostering him in any 12 or probably even 14-team league. We are with Dante DiVincenzo, though. 12-team guy. 21, 4 and 3, 5 triples, 73% shooting is going to come down. But with uncertainty around Wiggins and Steph, the role is pretty secure for now. Clay had 23, but on 38%, and Poole had 29, 5, and 6 on 42. Poole had a little bit of a problem with his knee, and he has had that over the last week or so. Just always seems to be putting an ice pack on it, or he went to the locker room quickly in this one. That's just something to watch, but otherwise, those numbers there for him are pretty strong. We got two points out of Milk Jerome as well in 17 minutes, and Anthony Lamb played 28 minutes. He's only got three games left now, Lamb, on his um, uh, two-way contract. Not that we're rostering him anyway, but uh, yeah, his time is getting really close to uh, to running out. Then we do the last game. The Minnesota Timberwolves on the road get a huge win over the Clippers, 108-102. Rudy Gobert returned from his illness. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Look, not his best game. 16-7 with two blocks, 64%, but not terrible. It was a good game from Jaden McDaniels, though. 20-6, two threes, a steal and a block. He struggled at times to ramp up that offensive stuff, but strong here. Well, another subpar efficiency game from Goose. Anthony Edwards' field goal percentage is really taking a hit. He was at 33% here. Again, he's able to buttress it by having two threes, four rebounds, three assists, three steals, and two blocks. But 18 points on 18 shots is bad. Kyle Anderson got into early foul trouble, so his minutes were a little bit lower, but still 12 and 10 with two steals and a must roster player. And Conley only six points on 25%. He's really struggling with the shot, but he adds five rebounds. He hits two threes. He had seven assists and three steals and remains a 12-team league player. Nikhil Alexander-Walker had five off the bench, and uh, the Wizard of Nas, Nas Reed, had 12 and 8 in 9-10 minutes. I think you can drop Reed in 12s. His value is there when Gobert is out. Not that that's a bad game. I just don't want to rely upon him in 12-team formats. For the Clippers, Westbrook again on the surface, 14, 7, and 10. They're not bad numbers. Hit his free throws, got a steal. I just don't understand what the Clippers are doing. Why did they bring him back in to close the game? Why is he getting this much playing time? It has completely disrupted everything about their team. He still made some bad decisions down the stretch. I just, I don't get it. I don't get why he's there. What is his purpose? It does, I don't see how it works. It has made their team. Again, you look at the numbers. Well, Russ is averaging this, yes. But I still think it makes their team worse. And I think if they didn't play him, they'd be better. Just flat out, didn't play him, didn't replace him. We'll see what Ty Lue does, but Ty Lue's decision-making is not great at the moment. Seven minutes for Eric Gordon. I'm not saying Eric Gordon's playing well. He missed both his shots. But seven minutes. Batum, who I thought played pretty well, played only 20 minutes. He had three, oh, the last game especially, 20 points with three, three steals. And with the return of Zubats, there just wasn't as much small ball. Zubats played 28 minutes. He had 12 and nine with two blocks. That's pretty good. The Cockroach played only 14 minutes. Mason Plumley five and nine. Obviously, you can go and drop him. Get that garbage out of here! Morris played 21 minutes. He should never start. I don't know why he does, but at least his minutes were down. While Storm and Norman Powell, under 25 minutes, 13 points. He's getting close to a drop. 
29% shooting. There's just too many weird names in this mix that make it hard to look at 27, 28 a night for Powell as a regular thing. Yes, if they made decisions and took Morris out and took Westbrook out and enabled Powell to actually get enough playing time, we'd, we'd like it. But that doesn't appear like it's on the cards. Paul George had 25, 6, and 3 with three steals. Solid enough. Kawhi had 23, 5, and 5, but he was inefficient. But still, you know, we like the other numbers there. But I don't know. There's just something about this team that's off. Terrence Mann played 22 minutes. It needs to be hard decisions by Ty Lu, correct decisions by Ty Lu, or management just saying it's not working. See you later. There is something completely off with the way that they are trying to construct this team and run the rotations, and it's leading to bad results like this one. What have they lost? All three games since Westbrook arrived, I think. I'm not blaming him, but he also doesn't make it easier for everybody else. He's again one of those guys that puts up stats, and you go, oh, he's putting up good stats. But it you know, doesn't lead to them winning, unfortunately for them. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night is the headmaster, Jamal Murray. The waiver wire line of the night is Austin Reeves. Your young gun is the Bronco, Jalen Williams. And the dud of the night is Cameron Thomas. Your top 10 players in category leagues, number one was Jamal Murray, followed by Ja Morant, Harrison Barnes, DeMontis Sabonis, Anthony Davis, Miles Turner, Jalen Williams, Draymond Green, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Clint Capella. Top 10 players rostered in under 50%. Number one, Austin Reeves, at least into 12-team streaming territory. Number two is Dario Saric. Let's see if he plays the back-to-back tomorrow and how much he plays, but very encouraging. Absolutely watching him in 12s. Tari preseason, regular season, tank season. Yes, add him. Let's see what happens. Xavier T. Illman, good game. Plays tomorrow, maybe a stream, but it's probably not worth the hassle. Lonnie Walker, Tim Hardaway. I'd rather Hardaway over Walker, but they're just like points in three streams. I'm not that interested in either of them. Davion Mitchell, you can stream your foxes out. Jalen Smith at number eight here. He's worth it in deeper leagues as he's the backup center for now. And Carlisle continues to go out of his way to praise him, which is interesting. Reggie Bullock's a good three streamer. And then Blake Wesley, just a name to watch in deeper leagues if Branham happens to be out. Your top 10 players in points leagues, number one today was Ja Morant, followed by Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, Giannis, Halliburton, Beal, Capella, Sabonis, the Bronco, Jalen Williams, and Miles Turner. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.